your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weather in any season to see the Eagles eat teams like Scrammy's Top with Cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheila and Zach kicking it. Cooler than three demons till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheila and Zach coming at you with that. And things flapping their wings on. Uh, they can be like bathing suits. What day, you know, what <laughs> Finish it up. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta take them off. What the hell? What they show is, is revealing, but what they conceal is vital, right? So. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that intro. Maybe that that's Bose and I should come up with something on my own. Shield Kapati here with Zach Berman and Marissa Morris. A 10 a.m. Wednesday, February, Birds with Friends. I mean, where else are you getting this Eagles content? Bo is on vacation, so he will not be here today. So we'll certainly, you know, if, if you have anything you want to say about him, uh, like just pretend you're saying something behind someone's back. It'll stay between us. Uh, feel free to let that out uh, out there. Uh, ZB, how are we doing? You got some juice for the morning pod. Doing great. Excited for the pod. Miss this. Uh, it's, it's good to be back. Good to be back on a morning pod. I like this. And I will also give you a lot of credit here. This is by no means meant to be shade at Bo, by, by no means. But uh, Shield sent Marissa and me a detailed rundown of the show. So last night I was able to do actual prep work. Uh, I enjoyed this. And, and, and so, yeah, I, I appreciate the organization. We'll see if that makes for a better or a worse show, but uh, we might as well tell you, isn't this what like the professionals do? They tell the audience what they're going to talk about before they actually talk about it. So I guess I can go ahead and do that. Uh, We're going to start out. We got to talk Doug P. The Super Eagle, Super Bowl winning head coach is back in the NFL. We'll offer our, our thoughts on that. We've got Jonathan Gannon. It seems like staying with the Eagles. I guess you don't really announce it's like a defensive coordinator. There you go. Uh, Jonathan Gannon is staying uh, with the Eagles, so we'll get to that as well. Then we will talk a little free agency. I know it's early. Everyone's talking draft. You guys are giving your senior bowl picks. Everyone just ignores free agency comes before the draft, yet everyone's already talking draft. So I released my top 75 on The Athletic. You can read that. Uh, of course, theathletic.com slash birds with friends gets you a discount there. We have a little exercise there, Eagles related uh, for those free agents. And then segment three, we're going to talk Super Bowl. I know ZB likes to put a little, uh, you know, lechuga. He's not opposed to a little bit mm-hmm. opening up that BetMGM app from yep. time to time. And so, uh, again, I've got my piece on The Athletic. So, uh, Zach, I don't know if you've looked at that or not, or if these are going to be a surprise to you. You know, unfortunately, I looked at it this morning. And the reason I say unfortunately is because we have some crossover picks there. Okay. Well, maybe those will be home runs. I just just want you and Marissa and our audience to know I was not taking it from you there. I did the prep work last (laughs) night in terms of my my picks. Okay. Okay. So we're going to have a little game uh, for that as well. And uh, then we'll finish it out. I also have some notes from your last show that, of course, I have to uh, sprinkle those in. So we'll get to all that. Marissa, how how are we doing today? 10 a.m. I feel like you're more of a, uh, you know, afternoon, evening producer. Is this one of the earlier pods you produced? Yeah, um, I'm a little more on Bo's schedule with the nighttime, but um, I'm 
traditionally a morning person way back when, so I can, I can do the morning and, you know, Zach logging on here being so having this pep in his step, like really yeah. boosted my spirits. So I'm ready to go. <laughs> he was so excited. He just yeah. came before we started recording, you could tell we're getting morning. Uh, Z Berm, as the commenters uh, are mentioning here, you know, they, 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 they said, Polar Jam says we're about to have the best Z Berm showing ever. <laughs> A lot of pressure on, on Z Berm. All right, let's get to it, Zach. Doug P, we've been waiting. Is mm -hmm. this guy going to get hired? He's early in the interview cycle. He's getting some looks. There's nine openings. We think, you know, it's not a great group of candidates. He's got to get one of these. Then all of a sudden, names start going off the board. Jobs start getting taken. And the Jaguars circle back to Doug P. And now he's going to be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know you wrote about this. Uh, what are your impressions of that hire, both from the team and both for uh, Doug P.? I think it's a good fit for Doug, and it, it could potentially be a, a good fit for the team. You had a, a tweet last week when he was hired that I I thought summed it up well in in terms of things Doug does in in terms of things Doug does well and what he must improve. And offensive innovation is going to be key because just because you were good working with a young quarterback and working with different types of quarterbacks in 2016 and 2017 doesn't necessarily mean that offense and that approach is going to work in, in 2022. Um, that said, I, I I think working with Trevor Lawrence, uh, Doug has the right temperament for it. I, I think he'll put together an offense that highlights Trevor Lawrence. I, I, I don't want to make a big deal about the media part of it, but I think overall organizationally, in terms of the spotlight, Doug was a little beaten down by the end. He was He was ready to take some time off. And Jacksonville, it's not the same pressure cooker. I, I recall talking to Andy Reid his first year back in Kansas City, and it was like it was it was night and day, right, compared to uh, what he was used to. And then that's a big part of a head coach's job, whether it's the pressure from the fans, uh, from talk radio, from the media, whatever it, it might be. It's not the same in Jacksonville. So I, I think it's a good fit for him. I'm curious to see how the staff comes together. I, I saw reports that he's bringing in Mike Caldwell, uh, who always had a good reputation when he was here, but obviously doesn't have the coordinator experience that Jim Schwartz had when Doug hired him. Yeah, I'm a little torn on how this is going to go. Um, and, and most of that is probably more, well, no, I think it's reflective of both, but you look at that organization and they've just been a complete dumpster fire. I mean, 10 years of ownership under Shad Khan, they've won more than six games once. Do you know how hard that is to do in like the modern NFL when if you suck, you're getting a top five pick the next year? Like you should be able to accumulate talent. And to be fair, they've got they've had some good talent there. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, Allen Robinson, uh, you know, Calais Campbell was down there as a free agent signing. And so they've had some players there. But uh, you look at it and. It's not like Doug Peterson was their first interview, blew them away. And they said, all right, let's go with Doug Peterson. You know, they interviewed Peterson. Then there's rumors that it's going to Byron Leftwich, which seemed to make a lot of sense because obviously uh, he does, he was deserving of a shot, former Jacksonville Jaguars player. Then there's reports that uh, Leftwich didn't want the job because Trent Balky, they were not moving on from Trent Balky as the GM. And so it's, again, the Jaguars just keep finding ways to screw this up where it's like, just start fresh. Hire a new coach with the GM, make sure they're partnered up, make sure they're aligned and move forward there. 
And they didn't do that. They they were loyal to Trent Balky for some reason, which I which cannot. Which is odd, yes. Odd. You can't understand. And so, um, you know, that was odd. And so that kind of led Doug to be back in the picture and get the job. Now, as we've mentioned before, there's a lot of luck with this stuff. I mean, Doug Peterson was not the Eagles' first choice, mm -hmm. and he won them a Super Bowl. And so sometimes you do have to get lucky there. But I am sort of concerned about the organizational competence there from ownership to front office. Now I know Doug doesn't really want a, you know, he, he doesn't want a heavy hand in that. We, we always had the old joke. Uh, I think this is before you came on Zach and I can't remember. I think it was the Andre Dillard pick where Doug was asked after that draft, you know, Hey, when Dillard starts to slip a little bit, you know, do you kind of go over to Howie and say, Hey, let's go up and get that guy. And his response was, you make a little eye contact <laughs> you know, yeah. like he's standing in the corner of the draft room. I, I lost it when he said that. I mean, I, I was just dying. I thought that was so funny because it was very, a very Doug answer. He's very honest about it. You know, he doesn't need to come in and lie and say, yeah, you know, I went over to him and said, I've been scouting this guy. We have to get him. He said, you make a little eye contact there. And so uh, I don't think he wants a heavy hand in that. So from like a bulky perspective, you're saying, yeah, let's go hire Doug. You know, sure. uh, I, I'm going to have all the control with personnel. I, I have the owner's ear. And so that part concerns me a little bit. And then the other part that concerns me is, uh, you know, pretty un underwhelmed with the staff so far. Mm -hmm. Now let's see how it all comes together. It's not complete, but you know, Mike McCoy as the quarterbacks coach, I mean, the guy's been, I don't think he's coached anywhere in three years, right? He's been out of the NFL. Mm -hmm. He hasn't coached in college. That's the best, you know, you could do there. Uh, Rory Seagrest, as the deep defensive line coach. I mean, that one really surprised yeah, me. That was never Doug's strength putting his staff together. Right. So, and, and um, you would think having a year away, he, you know, he'd have his dream team. Assembled, that's what right? I thought. That's yeah. what I said. You know, my big takeaway was Doug must've really enjoyed this year off. I mean, he <laughs> must've been golfing, yes. just hanging out by yes. the pool. Cause I don't think, you know, I saw him in uh, Indianapolis, right? He was at that training camp. He went to bears yeah. training camp. So I thought, all right, he's making the rounds. This is smart. Meet some coaches, some lower level, you know, you bring them in, you can give them a promotion. It doesn't seem like that's what he was taking out of those trips or anything else. Uh, Mike Caldwell as defensive coordinator. On one hand, I say, okay, that seems like a guy who probably deserves a shot. He's been in a, a linebackers coach for a while. Uh, give him an opportunity. And so uh, that one doesn't bother me as much at the same time as uh, you know, you've mentioned. Doug hands the keys to the defensive coordinator. So this isn't like, a, I'll hold your hand and help you along here. This is a, go ahead, it's your defense, make something out of it. So I kind of thought he might hire someone who had experience before. But, you know, on this show, I feel like we often say, give people a shot who haven't had a shot, think outside the box. So I'm not going to kill that one. Maybe Mike Caldwell will be a great defensive coordinator. But uh, that, you know, we'll see how the rest of the staff comes together. But it has not, um, you know, been what you said. It hasn't seemed like he spent the year coming up with this uh, dream team of coaches. Now, uh, my, my last sort of take here on Doug is that the quarterback can be the great eraser of everything else. Exactly. You, know, you could get the yes. staff wrong. The owner can be terrible. The GM can suck. If that guy can play, and I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be like, this is great. Because if nothing else, no, it's soured with Wentz at the end. But Doug is a likable person from exactly. pretty much everyone I've ever talked to. Assistant coaches, people in the building, players. He, this isn't going to be someone who you're going, Shh, oh my God, this guy's walking into the room. I can't stand him. He's annoying. He's abrasive. Any of those things. So after what Trevor Lawrence went through as a rookie 
with Urban Meyer and that absolute circus. If nothing else, this will bring a competence. This will bring a baseline of stability to the organization. And I think Lawrence will have an opportunity to succeed. So if that talent that everyone saw coming out of Clemson, making him this great prospect at number one, if that shines through, it will make up for almost everything else. And by the way, like I mentioned, the bar is very low to clear here. I mean, if you go nine and eight and make the playoffs in like the next two years, you know, they might throw a parade. They might build a statue out of, out of what's that, what's that stadium called in Jacksonville? I don't even know <laughs> whatever that is, but you know, you're already one of the most successful coaches in mm -hmm. franchise history. So on that end of it, I kind of, you know, if you're a head coach, you kind of have to look for which quarterback gives me the best shot. I mean, that should be number one, two or three on your list of things you're, uh, you're looking for. Yeah. So I, I, I thought you explained it well there, especially because going from urban Meyer to Doug Peterson. Now I, I, I don't want to say urban Meyer had, had strength X or strength Y, right? But if you look at the things that Urban really focused on and emphasized and and wanted his hands and everything, and you know, you heard he he said they they needed to to build the training room a certain way. They they needed to have you know um, a uh, certain assistance with each position group, like an assistant to an assistant. Um, Doug's not going to be as hands on about everything. Doug's strength is is the personality is uh keeping guys loose dealing with the locker room that was what doug always took pride in doug's not gonna kick your kicker you know i mean doug's not gonna call <laughs> he's, he's he's not gonna call your kicker kicker either right um right i mean doug will be uh he's like there's a part of doug that still wishes he was a backup quarterback Right. right. Like, like he, he loves that. He, he loves being with the guys, uh, the locker room component of it. I asked him a number of times over the years why he was calling plays. Right. And his answer was always, well, selfishly, it's fun. It's, it's like what I enjoy doing as a head coach. Right. right? And, and, and that's, uh, I, I do think that will be a departure for that locker room compared and in particular, Trevor Lawrence compared to what they had, uh, with Urban. That said, the staff part of it does concern me because I I never like when a when a coach comes in and just like hires a bunch of guys that they know. Exactly. You know, like like you should be thinking, all right, this this team that I watched, they're really interesting. I I want to take someone who's been exposed to this guy and bring them onto my staff. Or you know, I've heard really good things about this assistant coach. Um, it can't, it can't just be, this guy was my former teammate and, yeah. uh, you know, this guy was on a staff with, with Andy Reed and this guy shares my agent, you know, it, that's, right. that's not the way to build a staff. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought after the way it ended in Philly, where staffing was a major problem, I thought he would have a more <laughs> imaginative. He didn't get the message. Yeah. No. <laughs> No, he, did, he didn't get the message there. So I'm with you. Yeah, a hundred percent. Especially when you have a year off. You know, if it, if this were last year and it's just he got fired and now he's taking the job, uh, you know, a month later, then it's harder to do. You know the same people, you lean on the same people. I totally understand. But you had a year off. You could have been talking to, like you said, spend your Saturdays watching some college football exactly. games, you know, who which which uh teams are doing something that's 
innovative, you know, travel around. He has high school football coaching roots, you know, is there uh, somebody there you bring, maybe you bring them up as a quality control, so that, you know, and they can grow into the role. You're watching NFL games. You've coached it. I mean, he's coached against so many defensive coordinators. Like, isn't there a defense that he looked at and goes, Oh gosh, I hate coaching against, uh, you know, this defense we got to, you know, maybe that would be a good tree to go to, but it's, it seems like exactly what you said. It's people he's known from before coaching days, playing days. Mike McCoy was like, visit, right. He visited training camp. Wasn't he visited thing? with Sirianni this past year. Oh, that was, was this but, past year. Okay. Yeah. But I, I do believe, I, I don't want to speak Is out. Is he of a Bob here. Lamont client? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I believe okay. there's crossover with the agency. There you go. There. So crossover with the agency. I mean, Mike McCoy did not, that did not end well in, uh, with the chargers. You know, he was not, uh, he seemed sort of like an abrasive guy, uh, ornery guy. And so that doesn't necessarily fit. Like I, I always view Doug, like, Get that, you know, the, 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 you, he should be looking for his next Frank Reich. And maybe that's what he was looking for, but somebody who we really trust, who is, who we, who we can lean on, who, who they can have a back and forth, who they can bounce ideas off of each other, that kind of thing. Maybe that'll be Mike McCoy, but I, I mean, I don't know. You don't want Mike. I, I almost felt like sometimes Doug took too much influence from the people around him, you know, and there were so many mm. cooks in the kitchen. Whereas, like, I, I don't think you want Mike McCoy having a lot of influence on that offense, but I don't know. If Mike McCoy has a career resurrection, then I will uh, stand corrected. I imagine Press Taylor is going to be a, a name you'll hear there. And I, I know the way Doug thinks about Press. Perhaps now that, that obviously didn't end well in Philly, right? right? But. But that might be the person who who Doug leans on the most. We shall see. All right. So I think that's all. now. The, well, the last thing I uh, note I have here, uh, Zach, is this is like uh, this might is probably it for Doug. You know, like like depending on how this if this doesn't go well, I don't think there. Think of how hard it was. He was a Super Bowl winning head coach, went to the playoffs three times, and he had a really hard time <laughs> in two cycles where there were a lot of openings and not a lot of great candidates. He had a really hard time to getting a job. I mean, if, if Balky's gone or if Leftwich says I can work with Balky, Doug probably doesn't have a head coaching exactly. job right now. And so yeah, he's kind of, you know, he's just tied to Trevor Lawrence and we'll see how it goes. But if it doesn't go well, then, um, you know, his days as an NFL ho head coach could be over, which is kind of crazy to say when it was just what, five years ago, he just won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and it's also though, it's, it's a low bar to clear there too. Right. right. Like he's, he's not coming in with the Super Bowl or, or bust expectation. Yeah. If, if he has them competing for the playoffs, he gets a contract extension pretty quickly. Yeah. Right. So I, I do think I, I said, uh, when we, uh, a, a, a few weeks ago, when we talked about these prospective jobs, the Jags job was, was, was interesting because of Trevor Lawrence, because of the cap space, uh, because yeah. of, you know, the number one pick in the draft. I think they have 12 draft picks overall. Uh, oh. you, you really have a chance to put your stamp on that roster and the expectations are, are low. So if, if you can overcome what has been bad ownership, um, and if you can overcome a, a, a front office that doesn't have, uh, a lot of stability right now, uh, that would be, I, 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 I do think you can be there for a long time with that quarterback. Good division to be in too. If you're exactly. looking, like I was thinking about this, you know, it's it's on the surface, it sounds like a stupid thing to look for. Like you're looking for an NFL head coaching job. Are you do you should you really care what division you're in? But at the same time, if you look at it like I have three years to do something, or I'm going to be gone. 
then, it, you know, then kind of the short term does matter a lot. And so I looked at someone like Josh McDaniels, like, yeah, good, good luck. Uh, you're going to be competing against Mahomes and uh, Justin Herbert four times a year. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that's going to go well for you. And if you're Doug, I mean, you have a mediocre team in the Colts with a quarterback problem. You have a team in the Titans who it feels like they're, you know, they're well coached. They're going to be competitive, but they're not a juggernaut by any means. And they're probably, uh, their window is probably passed. I didn't realize Ryan Tannehill is going to be 34 years old going into next season. I thought he was a little younger than that. So that, that's not great. And the Texans are probably, you know, one of the worst organizations in the NFL. So like you're probably, you know, you're going to go, it's kind of like the NFC East, you know, you're going to be December, unless you totally botch this thing, you should at least have a chance in December. So we will see how that goes with Doug P. I'm sure uh, Bo will want to get uh, some takes on Doug P out there when he returns. All right. I'm going to have you give a little Jonathan Gannon news while mm -hmm. I go blow my nose. So I don't do that uh, in the mic uh, or on YouTube for everyone to see. Sure. So as, as you all probably saw, the Houston Texans hired Lovey Smith. Uh, and a few days earlier, Jonathan Gannon was essentially told he was, he was not going to get that job from all reports. And, and so he's going to be back. All the jobs are filled now, the head coaching jobs. And, uh, now the Eagles can go forward with Gannon as their defensive coordinator. From my understanding, they're they're most likely going to keep this this staff together as well. I do think that if Gannon had left, if 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 he had gotten that that Texans job, there there might have been a few shakeups with the defensive staff. If if they brought in a, a different coordinator, or if if Gannon might have brought someone with him. But I, I think the staff's going to be together. So there's continuity with the coaching staff, continuity with the scheme, and really an opportunity here for Gannon to get players uh, that that fit what he wants to do. Now, I, I think it would be problematic for the Eagles to draft or acquire players based on Gannon's preferred scheme because, as we saw this year, Gannon might get a whole round of interviews next year too, right? So, so he, he might not be here uh, for the long term. Um, but I, I think that, uh, they'll have more of an opportunity to, to get what, what works for them and it should make the defense better. I, I'm not as sour on Gannon as you are, Shield. Uh, I don't know Marissa's stance on Gannon yet, but, uh, but he, he does need to improve. I don't think it's an accident that he got these head coaching interviews. Um, there are a lot of people, players, coaches who swear by him. I don't think that's an accident either. And I think personally for my interactions with him, he's a bright guy who knows what he's doing, but that defense does need to improve in, in year two. And with three first round picks and, uh, 10 picks overall caps, uh, I guess, well, well, much more cap space than last year, they're going to have the opportunity to address the key parts of that defense. Uh, Lovey Smith, by the way, his defense was better than uh, Jonathan Gannon's last year, and I, th I don't think the talent was really comparable. There. Let's see. Let let's give him another year. I I've said my piece on uh, the defense, so I don't want to repeat myself uh, too much. But you know, for it to be a better defense, next, like I'm not convinced that the talent is going to be significantly better than it was this past year when they were 25th in DVOA. I mean, I'm assuming worse injury luck as we've been over. You know, they had one 
player they lost to injuries Brandon Graham and other than that I mean they were one of the healthiest defenses by my estimation we'll see when the football outsiders comes out with its adjusted games lost where they rank but I would imagine they were one of the healthiest defenses in the NFL last year players like Fletcher Cox and Darius Slay I mean Darius Slay you know maybe you get the same performance you might get a step back. You're more than likely not going to get a better performance. I mean, he had a great season, and that, and he's over 30. And so to get the durability and the performance out of him, uh, that could be a bit of a challenge. Fletcher Cox, we know, is not you know trending in the direction where he's on the way up at this point. He can still be, I think, a starting caliber, uh, you know, quality defensive tackle, but he's not on the way up. And so we'll see with some of those guys. I mean, again, I looked at the talent this year and don't think it was, uh, you know, again, if I'm Howie Roseman, I'm saying I put together a defense that should have been better than 25th. Anthony Harris is a veteran safety. Rodney McLeod is a veteran safety. Steven Nelson. Uh, I was, when I was looking at my free agency stuff, like that was a really good signing. I mean, they got him for what, two and a half million, mm -hmm. uh, last off season. And I thought he was a competent starting corner and that's not easy to do either. And now you're going to have to fill that spot. So you could potentially have to fill three spots, in the secondary, how many actually John Ritchie uh, flex asked me this on my radio hit, Zach, how many new starters do you think the defense will have uh, next year? I can tell you what I said. If you want to go, uh, yeah, have you so already I, thought about this or do you want to go through it? No. So head? here, so they'll okay. have uh, at most three in the second, well, at most three in, in the secondary, I would say yep. three. I, I think they replace all, all three. I, I think they have one new linebacker starting and at then uh, maybe two. I don't think they have a new starting defensive end because I think Brandon Graham and Josh Sweat will be the starting right. defensive ends. Uh, but they'll they'll have a, a defensive end that plays a lot. So they're yeah, gonna have we can count that guy yeah. as a starter. I think okay, their yeah. defensive end. So there you go. And and by the way, we've discussed this. They haven't drafted a defensive player in the first two rounds since 2017. Um, Anthony Harris, Stephen Nelson. Eric Wilson, when they signed him, those guys were, were Band-Aid signings, right? They were just to get you through this year. They signed Steven Nelson just so they can have a competent outside cornerback. Otherwise, it would have been, you know, uh, Craig James or Zach McPherson starting on, on on that side, or they would have had Avante Maddox starting on, on, on that outside. Uh, the linebacker who was supposed to be their top linebacker was cut midseason, right? Uh, so... Look, I'm 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 not saying this defense was great, and I understand what they ended in in DVOA. I also think uh, the, the the week 18 game, you have That's to look true. at it through yeah. 17 games, um, or, or I, I should say through 17 weeks rather. They they need to get better, but I do think Gannon's better than his reputation in Philadelphia suggests. He would now he was there for all those, you know, the, the coaching staff was in place for all those signings. And, you know, you've mentioned Gannon's True. scouting background and, um, you know, he, I remember he was real pumped with the Milton Williams pick, right? That was the one he was. Yes. And, yes. and that guy looks like a player. So, but, uh, you know, like Anthony Harris, Steven Nelson, Eric Wilson, I mean, they were, you know, he, he was there. Like they, they should have been aligned for those, what they want to do. I mean, I still don't know. Like when we say players that fit the defense, I honestly don't necessarily know what that is. Like the, I've made the joke in uh, other conversations that just go with undrafted free agents at safety because they, those guys just have to stand 30 yards off the ball and uh, you know, keep everything in front, in front of them. But um, I don't know, maybe they'll look for a playmaker at safety. Do you look yes. for a playmaker at linebacker? 
now, I mean, linebacker sort of seems important when you're playing. Um, now, I know they played more man in the second half of the season, but uh, it wouldn't hurt certainly to have more of a playmaker there. Defensive lines always going to be important. You feel like cornerback is kind of less important in this scheme, but at the same time, you know, Slay played really well uh, in this scheme. So uh, we will see. We'll see where they go with this defense. Ah, that might be a nice tease because in the next segment, we're going to talk free agency. And I put out, as I mentioned, my top 75 free agents. And I asked ZB to go through that list, pick three players who you say, oh, this guy's kind of intriguing from an Eagles perspective. So I'm going into this one blind. Zach's going to tell me who those three names are in the next uh, in the next segment. And uh, we'll bat around whether those guys could be good fits or not after the break. All right, I've got some notes from the last show. Let's, Let's get hear. to those, ZB, before we get to the free agents. I mean, they're just totally random order here. But uh, Bo mentioning that he was going to go, uh, he said the robes were nice at the, what was he saying, at a bed and breakfast or something? <laughs> yes, yes. I have never put on a robe at a, Neither. Uh, have you? I've never put on a robe in general. Me but, too. Actually, me yeah. too. But so especially I'm not, not at a guy. hotel. Marissa, no. your thoughts? I, yeah. I love a good robe, but I will never put one on at the hotel because I kind Somebody of feel else like... Somebody has been wearing that. Yeah. It, it kind of grosses me out a little oh bit. Gosh, I'm like, they definitely yeah. don't wash them. They just hang them back up. So <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, but yeah. I will say like a robe at your house is great. So I would highly recommend. Okay. I... When Bo said that, I I didn't want to push back because I, I I thought like maybe there's there's like false machismo here that that you can't wear right? like just because I don't wear a robe I shouldn't judge someone who who does wear a robe but it does seem very peculiar to like comment on the robes at a hotel yeah. right like if um if, if if I'm talking about the hotel I I agree with 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 that, Marissa cleanliness is really important right like I. I prefer newer hotels for oh, that yeah. reason. Like a new, fresh hotel, the carpet still smells new. Mm -hmm. You like or that. Or better yet, no carpet. And they yes. got the flooring. Oh, they got the hardwood. Oh, exactly. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So so that I'll I'll say that. But I I would never go too deep into the hotel that I'm saying everything was good except the robe <laughs> or the, the the room was junky, but this this robe was impressive, right? Like I I can't imagine the robe factoring into my evaluation of a hotel. Yeah, because the robe. I mean, I'm with you. I haven't worn a robe. I'm that's not a flex or a brag yeah. or anything. I mean, I'm not uh, totally uh, opposed to it. My wife likes a robe. Leela, you know, when you have a six year old wearing a robe, that's that's very funny uh, around the house. But uh, my impression of the robe is like you're not fully clothed under a robe, right? So like now, like you're having a this this random robe touching your actual skin that has touched other people's skin. I mean, I want no part of that. You know, that that does not sound appealing to me um, in the least. So, yeah, I thought that was a little strange. I, I love your uh, hotel note there because the Kapadias are going on a little uh, NYC trip uh, later this month, you know, taking a few days off. And uh, we were looking at, uh, by the way, listeners, if you have any recommendations and all pizza, uh, coffee, something to do with the kids, the whole, all the Kapadias are going, uh, let me know. We'll be there for a few days, but we're looking at the hotels online and I'm saying, oh, look, this, this is a new hotel. 
My wife's going, what are you talking? How do you know? What do you mean by new? Is that? And I'm going, look at look look at the bathroom and look at the floor. You can tell whether it is a newer hotel or not. And by the end of it, she's you know she admitted, you're right. All right, I can see that bathroom looks pretty nice. That might might must be a newer uh, hotel there. So, so I, I think and, you're spot on there. And credit to Shiel at the combine. She'll she'll <laughs> pick the hotel first. New hotel. I looked it up. Hey. I I had been eyeballing. I'll, I'll I'll admit this. I I saw something on this a few weeks ago on that hotel opening, and mm. I was thinking I would be very interested in potentially booking this for the combine. But it's not the traditional combine place. I didn't know if I'd be able to sell it to you <laughs> and Bo. Credit to Shield for having having the the. Uh, just the confidence there to book the room, gotcha. say this is where I'm staying. Yeah. I see that text right away. I'm like, I am in. I knew, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so then we we put the onus on Bo to stay there. I imagine Bo's gonna have an issue with their desks, you know, because Maybe. some of these desks yeah. and robes. <laughs> yeah, some yeah. of these these newer hotels, and and, and actually, uh, I I read a story on this too uh, a a few years ago where people aren't working at their desk as much in the hotel anymore, right? Uh, or they have a laptop and, and and they're sitting either on the bed with the laptop or the cat. So, so anyway, so uh, I'm going too deep here, but hotels <laughs> are looking for like a, like um, almost a hybrid style thing as opposed to the traditional desk and desk chair. So I'm curious huh. what the desk situation is here and how, how Bo uh, reacts to it in, in Indianapolis. Well, the newer hotel, you know, you're going to get a, a nice bathroom, which I feel like is key. And then like the customer service should be very good, you know, because they're looking to impress. These are new people uh, in, in this specific position. They want to get those nice reviews online. And so I feel like you have a few things working for you there. Jesse mentions, uh, you know, I should stop at the uh, New York Times building, see if they'll let me in as an employee. Like I mentioned before. You know, I would like to know if I can use that bathroom. You know, we're walking around the city with the family. We pass by. Someone's got to go potty. Is there an idea? We haven't gotten any new IDs or anything like that. We're still athletic employees under the New York Times umbrella. But I feel like I just need to make like a friend, you know, maybe like a, hey, you know, I always enjoyed your work. Nice to be under the same. And then maybe I can just text them. Hey, we're in the city. Can we uh, use the potty here? Then I can give a nice review of the New York Times potty. You're, you're a senior national writer. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're connected <laughs> up top, right? You I, don't, can, I don't know. You can I don't know about that. Yes. Uh, now there was the other thing about um, the the Kenny Pickett Michael Dunn conversation was very funny. Uh, now the, the whole like tell someone I said hi thing. Uh, I re I've refused to do that for decades. Like. I'm not doing that for you. If you want to say hi to someone, you say hi to, to them just because I'm going to see them. Like there's so many modes of communication now. You can text them. You can call them. You can email them. You can tweet at them. You can Instagram DM them. Like if you have an inclination to say hi to someone, go ahead and say hi to them. I'm not relaying your hi to someone else and then, you know, starting some slow, meaningless conversation for 10 seconds before we can actually move on. So I suggest everyone adopt that. So Jerry Seinfeld has a great bit on this. Did, and I'm, he, did I'm, I'm, I steal that? Well, I'm going to steal No, no. So I'm, 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 I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to pretend that I'm Jerry here, right? So I, I can't do the same delivery. But his his bit was when someone says, oh, send Michael my best. And he says, is this really your best? Right? Like having me tell this guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. If, this isn't the best you can do. Right? So. Exactly. Uh, 
So, yeah, no, I, I see your point. I do like it as an icebreaker, but some people sell it better than some others do. Like some people are like, oh, you know that? Let's let's chat, right? Or uh, And then some other people I've had, I talked about it on the, on the pod where you mention it to a player and they're just <laughs> totally unmoved and, they, and they, right. they don't sell it. And then you end up just seem like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think in the uh, in the work setting, it can work well as a as an introduction or an icebreaker, especially if it adds to your credibility. Like, hey, so and so said, hi, oh, you know, so and so. Yes, I'm going to answer your questions. So I, it's, I'm fine using it there, but you know, otherwise, come on. We, we I think the podium that. probably interfered with that conversation. Because what do you mean? Oh, because he already podium. did his media. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe if it was a one-on-one setting, it would have been yeah. a little you know, more casual, but now have they worked out since? Do we have an update there? Michael said he saw him very briefly, like in passing. So he didn't get to talk to him yet. So I'm very curious to see. I told Michael, Bo Wolf says hi. (laughs) I told Michael, he's not allowed to bring it up. He's got to see if Kenny brings Uh, it up. That's part of the bit. See, these types of things are so exciting to me in life. Like I'm legitimately (laughs) excited about how this plays out. Yeah. So I will, I will keep all the sickos updated, but also credit to Bo. Uh, because I, I, I imagine the reason that he wanted to talk to Kenny was for an outstanding senior bowl piece that only Bo could write <laughs> on rock, paper, scissors, shoot with yeah. the draft prospects. Make sure you guys check it out. If, if you haven't, when Bo told me the idea, I thought it was, it was very creative. Uh, I, I liked that he was doing it and he executed it well. So good job there. And I appreciate the first comment, the, you, you know, there was a commenter. The, the the first comment on there was 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 someone saying like oh I came here for actual scouting reports and then I I Ooh, guess it was a Bo, I guess it was uh <laughs> it was a minion says says uh I I I guess you would just prefer another boring Zach Berman article <laughs> instead of this <so. laughs> So if you, want, if, if you want a boring Zach Berman article, we'll have a few of those. Um, and, and Bo can pull off the rock, paper, scissors, shoot well. There were some commenters who mentioned that video would be good. I think we need to get video down to the scene because that's the one place where like there's no restrictions, right? There's no like there's no uh, guideline like yeah. the NFL stuff. You can only post 90 seconds there. Yep. He can do whatever he wants with video. So that's something we need to keep in mind next year. All right few other things here. Uh, egg, got a lot of egg feedback. I mean, really a uh, <laughs> lot of egg feedback. It's been great. I would say Rich Bobby and Brad Rutter, two DFOPs, gave the most sort of helpful, detailed uh, analysis so far. You know, Rich Bobby sent me to this Gordon Ramsay uh, sort of video about how to do it. I've been making eggs like that. It's been working great. Brad Rudder, I mean, talk about an egg savant, you know, not not just the the Jeopardy goat, but an egg savant. His, I got to order this, this specific pan, and then it's a very involved process, but I look forward to uh, to working that out as well. If anybody else wants to, now these have been for like scrammies generally, so if anyone wants to give me a little omelet, a little egg muffin, you know, something to do with a hard-boiled egg, all those things, Keep those coming. Shield at theathletic.com. I'm still go- I'm actually still going through some of these. I mean, there really were uh, a lot of feedback there. So that's been awesome. Uh chip, you guys had a little chip uh Kelly talk last week. What was it? What what was the impetus for that, Zach? It was something about how in the in the building, you know, he doesn't say hi or something. That was you remember this on the last pod? 
Yeah, uh, so that was, uh, there was his also, reputation. Yeah, but there was uh, Chip Kelly talk at dinner as well. So I, I, I don't want to conflict okay. the two, but it was probably about that. It was, it was probably in the building. Oh, 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 oh yes, it, it was related to the no sell, right? That uh, that Kenny Pickett did on the Michael Dunn comment and how oh, yeah. Bo. And how Bo once brought it up to John Lovett, the former right. uh, uh, safeties coach, right? And and uh, and I I made the joke because if you guys recall, um, my first encounter, like my first one on one encounter with Chip, that is not like at a, at a podium. I had gone to his hometown, and I go up and I tell him this, and I thought I was in with him, and he was like appalled. That I would I would be talking to his friends from high school, right? So uh, so I, I was saying the the no sell was probably like a, a key to chip stat. Yeah, when yeah, that that's exactly uh, what it was, and I feel like that kind of tracked with uh, my experiences with with John Lovett. I don't know, he might be a great great guy. I didn't find him to be the most is verbose. Is that that means talkative, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. So, um, but uh, I wanted to say about Chip. You know, I feel like my rapport with Chip is better than I've had with any head coach I've covered, and that doesn't mean we were like, you know, we were boys. There weren't a lot of one-on-one interactions, but whether it was press conference or like I remember seeing him when he took the Niners job at the owners' meetings and making a little small talk. I feel like we got along in those media coach settings, maybe more so than any other uh, head coach I've covered. So that might say something more about me than the uh, other head coaches, but I just wanted to offer a balanced report there. Well, I, I mean, you know, you certainly don't need to balance me out because I, I thought Chip was an absolute joy to cover in that. <laughs> oh gosh, we're going to get crushed for this. I, 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 no, from, uh, <laughs> you know, because people here, like the the sound bites and and things like that, but he would he would put actual thought into his answers, right? He he was not just up there spouting, you know, coach speak. Uh, he would give you uh, like it, it it'd be fast speaking, it'd be truncated because he would not go past the time that that whistle blew or that horn blew rather. Uh, but if if you asked him a specific question, he would give you a specific answer. And we use the expression that he did not suffer fools. So, you know, if, if you ask the question that he did not deem to be, or that he considered like a, a waste of his time, he would respond accordingly. So yeah. he was, he was entertaining the cover in that regard. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, I think Bo is, I think when Bo does his review of this episode, he may crush us for that, that's but fine. that's okay. Uh, now the South Alabama student union, Zach, I know you probably don't want to go back to, uh, I will defend this. this. That's fine. Okay. Uh, yeah. Now, now, now did Fire you away. eat, did you eat at the student union? Uh, so I, I was going to eat in the rental car. Um, okay. but I, I love eating lunch in a car, by the way. I thought Namdi got a raw deal for that. It's a very <laughs> yeah. enjoyable experience. You put on radio podcast, you don't have to communicate with anybody and you eat. I mean, what's not great about that? Maybe open the window, some fresh air. Sorry, go ahead. Sure. No, no, I, I was going to eat in the, in the uh, rental car, but this was a day when it was pouring rain and I didn't want, you know, I, I, I parked a little bit of a distance away. I didn't want the Chick-fil-A bag to get all, all wet. Right. So mm. I, uh, I ate the, yeah, I pulled up a, a seat there. It, it wasn't like I pulled up to a table with a bunch of freshmen. Right. I, I sat at an empty table. I, it, it took me three minutes to eat these Chick-fil-A nuggets. 
Uh, and <laughs> that was it. So, but I, I don't see the big deal about eating at a, at, uh, a student, you know, student center, student union. There's, there's no issue there. I was, it was the wow, most convenient you know. Chick Fil A to the campus. They were practicing on a college campus. It would be very odd if they were not practicing on a college campus. And I drove to South Alabama to eat at the student union, and then came back to Mobile. The fact that the stadium was like a minute away, I thought made it a. It was like logistically made it much more sense. Okay, I don't think that came through clearly in the first part that okay. they, they were practicing I right there. I, agree. I, okay. I actually yeah. thought you were, yeah, passing through. No, stop there. Yes. And ate there. Because, yeah, I mean, I'm of two minds of this. I, I sort of agree with you that I like the energy of a college campus. Yes. I mean, everybody, Me you know, you probably loved college. And so it's fun to kind of, oh, this is another, this isn't my college, but what's it like here? Oh, this is interesting. You know, there's uh, these, these uh, food spots and uh, campus clothing stores and people walking, you know, young people walking around so on that end i get it but at the same time zach i mean you're you're what in your mid-30s now i mean a student going in, it's one thing i feel like campus like a, going to a college campus and like a food spot is one thing to go into the student union like when i was a student i don't remember many mid-30s guys just coming around pulling up a chair uh you know sitting I there with me pulling up and, a chair though. and it, and if they and you know marissa mentioned like i would have thought you were a professor and that's true if you are a professor it's acceptable but then if you're not a professor then it's like what the hell's going on here is this guy trying to scalp the co-eds or something in his mid-30s is there a creep factor that is uh <laughs> that is associated with this so i think that i think both I didn't want to come out and say that necessarily, but I think that was kind of the elephant in the room in that conversation. So I, I will defend this this college town bit that that Bo kills me on because the implication is like this 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 co-ed part of it, which is not the at all the case. Okay, the a a college town is a great spot. There, it's always walkable, right? Because. Every you know, uh, people don't really have have cars in college. Often, I I, I don't want to generalize, or you know, there are some commuter schools. I, I get that, but these college towns that I went to this year, um, there's there's always good places to eat at reasonable prices. Again, because that's your um, you know, that's your your target audience, and 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 there's and there's an energy there to to, to college campuses. Yeah. So when we went to Detroit this year, I went to Ann Arbor. I will admit that I'm trying to think of, of, uh, of when we were in Fort Worth, I went to TCU's campus. I'm trying to think of, of some, of some other ones. I, there's, I, I don't see an issue with this year. When I went to Jamestown, I stopped in state college for, for lunch. Right, I now much, this is sounding I, yeah. like an issue, Zach. I mean, these are a lot of college <laughs> no. campuses you've been to in the last, uh, yeah, so, in the last year here. So I actually remember my, so my, my first job, my first full-time job out of college was covering the university of Virginia. And, uh, and I, in my time at, in college at Syracuse, I was covering the big East, you know, Syracuse wasn't in the ACC at the time. And a lot of, the big E schools are like urban schools or, or, you know, you know, city type schools. Yeah. Um, and I, my first trip on the ACC beat on, on the Virginia beat was to uh, university of North Carolina was the chapel Hill. 
And like, if you're on Franklin Street, you're like, this is this is really impressive, right? And the, like the not <laughs> this is, this is, <laughs> again. This Zach, is, I mean, we might want to just go to the this, next. Stop. This is a fun place. So anyway, so I I enjoy I enjoy college campuses. That's all. Uh, there's there's nothing okay. like I sinister like this, or weird. This needs to be an Osprey for Bo listening like which yeah. camp best college campus Zach visited this something there this are different ways year. we could yeah categorize <laughs> okay. uh this year okay we will now now John is saying there could be grad students over 30 there yeah. could be people in your class over 30 that's true but Zach is not any of these things <laughs> he's just a, a random visitor so anyway we'll leave that uh let's <laughs> okay. stick with colleges two more quick things and then we'll get to the free agents oh, sorry uh, yeah yeah sorry to keep this wrong yeah the syllabus thing I mean wow unbelievable Gio, what was your reaction when you heard that well, because I've been stumping for a similar job on this pod, you know, for I've got Penn State Brandywine 10 minutes away. I got Villanova's 20 minutes that way. Uh, you know, Westchester I could get to in a half an hour. All the city schools I could get to and then a half an hour. No one's calling me to do anything. And now I'm seeing why, because if the candidate pool is is people who already have created a syllabus and me who stick, I could just go in there and, you know, talk about some experiences for a little bit, then I'm not going to get hired. So Zach, I need you to kind of get in to one of these colleges me too. and then, and then give me the recommendation. <laughs> okay. You know, I don't I go, listen, I can be on a lower level, whatever, you know, you have your pick, maybe move up the ranks a little bit and then say, Hey, there's this bald Indian man in media who would be a wonderful addition to our uh, sports journalism curriculum here. Uh, we should bring him in. So I feel like you are probably would be more respected than me in kind of the academia. You know, you got the awards to show all that you've, you've got a syllabus. You'll be more prepared. So yeah, we, we do need to, I mean, we've got a lot of listeners. There's gotta be someone with an in at one of these journalism schools. Doesn't Please. there have to be, it doesn't even have to be a journalism yeah. school. You know, like uh, it could be a college without a journalism school that just wants to do a sports media, a sports writing, a sports, whatever. Uh, class. I mean, I would imagine that would be a popular class. It doesn't even need to be sports. It could just be. It could just be journalism. Just be. Yeah, media, I would right? like to do sport. You do that. Okay. Then when you do a little <laughs> okay. sports spinoff, I want to stick to sports. I mean, I okay. listen. The, the other stuff is sort of out of my. Uh, you know. Yeah. I could give you the basics, but uh, I don't want to get too involved there. So someone in the uh, chat suggested we start a BWF course. And mm, you guys are the professors. Okay. Spinoff I pod. I mean, that's the podcast, yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> We're, school yeah. is in session. All right. Last thing. So I'm trying to grow a little bit of some, a little bit of a beard here. You know, like, uh, do you, are you guys watching Billions or no? I'm behind on it. I, I, okay. I don't have Showtime at the moment, but I, I, I okay. need to get it again. I yeah. did start Succession and Abbott Elementary. Uh, oh. And I'm a great early, student. Listener, early reviews? Early reviews? Love both. Oh, outstanding. Really Great. good. Michael's Great watching shows. Succession with me too, and he really likes that as well. I mean, so. those are pro those might be the top two in the Capadia household over the last year, to be uh honest both uh great ones but mike prince and billions you know he's this uh he's this bald guy but he's yeah. got a beard so i'm thinking instead of just going bald maybe i should add a little something that I've, I've run into a little bit of an issue when the beard grows out it doesn't grow like a bit like the hair just grow out like it's like a porcupine Almost. I don't know if anyone else has had this issue, what I have to do with it, but I don't want like a long one. I just want a little bit, you know, like trimmed it. So I need some advice on how to do this. When I mentioned this to my wife, she said, 
all you do is use birds with friends to help your personal problems. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that is the point of having a podcast. So uh, if, if any of you know, uh, know of a Mike Prince, if you know what I should do here, let me know the right kind of trimmer. You know, you, you kind of down here, you want to shave all that. You shave the head, which is a nice, you know, I got a wedding coming up to go to uh, this month. I need to get this in order here in the next few weeks. It's interesting you said that about your wife, though, because my first year on Birds with Friends, I, I never said this, but 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 I, I remember thinking there's a lot of like hygiene and grooming talk here, right? More oh, so yeah. than I would, uh, you know, I uh, than I anticipate. I, I didn't know this was a, a you know, I if I'm talking to my friends I'm talking to my brothers, like we're, we're not talking hygiene or grooming that often much you know the the type of deodorant the type of soaps uh that's that's a birds with friends staple i suppose well now i have to get to one more thing here now that i mean okay. you brought it up uh but i get the the great uh, athletic newsletter the pulse in my email mm -hmm. inbox chris branch every, every morning chris writer. Bra yeah. branch does a terrific job uh with that and uh zach i know you're plugged into college hoops i'm i don't pay attention to college hoops until march starts and then i'm in great great uh great uh, event to put a little lettuce on but i saw what arkansas upset auburn last night yeah. right yep and, and so there was this picture of eric musselman right he's the Correct. coach of arkansas with his shirt off on the uh did you see this uh, on court I did. and he, and he kind of lifted his arm up for a fist pump my man's got totally clean shaven uh, armpits did you notice this i oh i i didn't see that part of it no <laughs> marissa do you see this yeah. photo um, I didn't see the photo, but I did see him like dancing. Yeah, he was he was having a great time. But yeah, that's interesting. Totally no clean there. shaven. What do you think about that? I mean, listen, I like to get it, uh, you know, nice and tight there. I'm with him there, but I mean, this was just, you know, it's, it's like shaving your face or my bald head right now. There was nothing there, and I thought the confidence to give a fist pump when doing that too. If I'm covering Arkansas hoops, I mean, I'm leading with that question in the in the next press conference. They just beat the number one team in the country, yeah, and, you're, yeah, listen, and you're leading with that, right? That comes uh, and goes. A clean shaven armpit. That's <laughs> the story. That's how you get. Uh, you know, when you said, what did you say your advice was? Fair Fair and square to all journalism. No, be there and be fair. Yes. Be there and be fair. Mine is always uh, do something that no one else is doing. I like that. You okay. know, if, if someone can read your a similar story to yours in another outlet, then what are you doing? Why would they read you? You got to do something different. So Arkansas beat writers, you know, take that advice. If any of you are listening, let's get to the bottom of the clean shaven armpit. Okay. You both look frightened. Let's get to the. <laughs> that was uh, a big win for Arkansas, by the way. Auburn is an absolute awesome team to watch this year with Jabari Smith. And so that was, that was a big win for Arkansas. There you go. I'll give you all my college hoops thoughts on uh, the in second March. week of March when I'm just making stuff up and, uh, you know, picking games. All right. We've got my top 75. Who is this took a big chunk of the weekend. This is one of those that it always takes longer than you anticipate to do, but I do enjoy doing it. It's a nice primer for the off season. Zach went through, the top 75, and I said, ZB, give me three names on here that you feel like could interest the Eagles. Zach, give me one. Who did you come up with? Okay, I, I well, so I, I have the three that would be like the, the dream trio. Okay. And then I have the three that I think would be the more realistic trio. All right. right? Let's, well, give me, um, give me the then, first set, and then we'll do the second set. And so perhaps, you know, there's a, there's a combination of this. But to me, the dream trio would be Jesse Bates, mm. Mike Williams, Ooh. and and Foya Sadeye, 
Olaoakan. I might Oluakan. Foyer Oluakan. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, Good uh, ones. This, uh, those would be the, you know, if if they came in with Jags cap space, they wanted to spread it out, that would be the way to go. Uh, and I, I can speak about, or I, I would actually be interested in you speaking about those guys. But then I, I think the more realistic one would be uh, DJ Shark, Justin Reed, and Kaiser White. Okay. These are all good names. Uh, let's get to some of them. Jesse Bates, obviously, if you've been paying attention to the playoffs, uh, he's been making a lot of plays. Cincinnati Bengals, 25 years old, makes a lot of plays on the ball. Now, Jesse Bates is a prototypical free safety. So, uh, again, this comes down to what kind of scheme are we looking at? Are they playing more too high looks because he's not, you know, someone who you would necessarily want to be in the box, covering the slot, doing a lot of different things. I mean, to me, he's someone who, if you're playing more single high, he's got great range, can make a lot of plays on the ball, but a, a fantastic player. Now, he could get the franchise tag from the Bengals because the franchise tag for safeties is not a big number. And if he's going to get paid as a top five safety, you're looking at probably between 14 and a half and 17 and a half million dollars per year. So uh, I would be surprised if they were able to land someone uh, at that price point, but you're I mean, they need two safety. So yeah, he would be more the Rodney McLeod type, I guess. Um, and certainly a young player who you could say, this guy can be a core player for us for the next three, four, five, six years, whatever. So that was a good one. Mike Williams. I mean, I would imagine every Eagles fan would love to have a Mike Williams uh, on their team. Big, fast, can make plays downfield. Had a career year last year for the Chargers, over 1,100 yards, 17 receptions of 20-plus yards last season. Uh, I think he's going to get a big payday. You know, if you look at it last year, Kenny Galladay was my comp for Mike Williams. Now, he didn't have a huge market, and then all of a sudden the Giants and Dave Gettleman said, hey, he hasn't had a big market, but let's just pay him at the top of the market anyway, and they paid him $18 million a year. Is Williams going to get quite that high? Maybe not, but he, he could. I mean, I think he would be a very attractive player. This is a good philosophical discussion, though, Zach. If you look at if you're the Eagles right now, and right now Jalen Hurts is your quarterback, and we saw what type of offense they ran with Jalen Hurts in the second half of last offseason. I mean, what do you think about the likelihood, whether it's you putting yourself in Howie Roseman's shoes or you what you think they should do personally of spending that kind of money on a another wide receiver when you, you already have a you know a legit starter in Devontae Smith? I think it needs to be a, a priority. I, I think oh, wow. this passing game, they need to upgrade at, at wide receiver. I think it needs to come via free agency uh, because, uh, you know, they, they've spent two first round picks and a second round pick in the past three years on the position. And I, I, I think Devonte Smith is entrenched in there and he's only going to get better. So I think you need to find someone who compliments, uh, Devonte Smith. And I, I, I also think you need to find someone who works well with Dallas Goddard, with the way you want to use Dallas Goddard. And, and, and so I think a, a prototypical X receiver would be the way I would go. I would compare it, frankly, to the 2017 offseason when they signed Alshon Jeffrey, right? Where you want someone to play that X spot. And I th I, I really think that's that's where I, I would look in free agency this year. Yeah, I think it's tricky because you're paying Goddard to 
be one of your top two pass catchers. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't pay a tight end over 14 million a year if he's not going to be that. And he's shown he can do that. I mean, he, he was very good last year. I think with a, a more efficient passing game, he certainly could be that. So now you're saying Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard top two options now to pay whatever it's going to be 14, $15 million a year for a guy who's going to be in that mix. When also you might be among the top five, most run heavy teams in the NFL uh, next season. So I, I do think it's a little tricky there. I almost think like you keep an eye on those guys. And if a wide receiver's price drops a little bit, or there's a one year deal to be had, maybe you do that. Just uh, like Alshon, but, just like Alshon in 17. Yeah. Exactly right. Happened. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that that would probably make more, uh, more sense to me. And then uh, of course, keep trying to see if you can find somebody in the draft there. So, all right, that, that's interesting. Uh, Foyer Oluwakan, linebacker from the Atlanta Falcons. I got to say, when I was doing the research here, the numbers for Foyer Oluwakan blew me away. I mean, I knew he was a good player. He's one of those guys that when, if you watch Red Zone on Sundays, it seems like every time they go to a Falcons game, like Foyer Oluwakan is making a play. I think I'm going to said that in our week one uh, preview of that Eagles-Falcons game, but he led the NFL with 192 tackles last season. He leads the NFL over the last two seasons with 309 tackles. Now, tackles aren't everything, but during that span, five interceptions, second most among linebackers, five forced fumbles, tied for second, and he played 98% of the snaps last season and has missed just one game in four NFL seasons. So, I mean, there's a lot there. Production, he's only 27. He's been durable. Uh, seems like a high-character guy. I know Dean Pease uh, was very complimentary of him this season Ivy as Leaguer. well. Ivy Leaguer there. So, as you say with <laughs> who, uh, Patrick, uh, Patrick Graham. Patrick yeah. Graham, you know, must be the smartest guy uh, out there. <laughs> Ivy Leaguer. Uh, the off-ball linebacker market can be very tricky. You know, you sure. have guys like Corey Littleton, Joe Schobert, Blake Martinez, those guys have signed recent deals worth more than $10 million a year. I don't see the Eagles paying a linebacker more than $10 million per year. But you have other guys who kind of slip through the cracks and you say, all right, maybe you can get them for a one-year deal. Maybe you can get them for cheaper. So that's another one where I'd say you keep an eye on it, see what the price point is. Uh, certainly would be a huge upgrade, though, I think, to this defense. And I, uh, is it is it Foye or Foye Sede? I, I think he goes by Foyer. I mean, Foyer is the short. Okay. Yeah, the official okay. his actual name is I don't know how you pronounce it. I should have looked this up because so I I, I looked up the pronunciation before the yeah. show, and that's Foyer why Sade? I was trying. To, yeah, yeah. Foyer Sade. Yep. Okay. And uh, no, I I, I yeah exactly. I've 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 liked him the past uh, two seasons, and I agree that I I don't think the Eagles would pay big for a linebacker. If they do, it needs to be someone who can cover. And uh, he can cover. And that's yeah. why in, in my next list, I went with Kaiser White because that's someone else who can cover. That's a good one. I, uh, Kaiser White, let's get right to him. Uh, I asked our colleague and Maryland alum, Daniel Popper, about Kaiser White of the Los Angeles Chargers. Very intriguing player. 26 years old, uh, had a career year last year, 144 tackles, eighth league wide converted safety. So he's got that skill set that he can do a little bit of everything. He's not just a downhill thumper, uh, can do a little bit of everything and, uh, you know, young ascending player. So he's actually more likely in my opinion than a Luacon to maybe be someone who slips through the cracks where you say, wow, there's not a huge market for him, or maybe he settles for a one-year deal and then wants to test the market again next off season. So, uh, that was a good one. I think that, you know, you know, could be a, uh, potential, 
name to watch there. Who were the other two in your second group? Uh, DJ Shark. Right. DJ Shark is a good one. And then uh, for the safety in, 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 in that group, it was Justin Reed. Okay. Uh, Chark, 26 years old, downfield threat. Uh, very good from 2019 to 2020. 6'3", ran a 4-3-4, uh, was injured last year, so only played in four games. He may fit that Alshon. You know, he may be more of a fit in that Alshon thing you mentioned because he could settle for a one-year deal. He says, I only played four games last year. It's a pretty good wide receiver, free agency group. Maybe I sign a one-year deal. I'm only 26 years old. Uh, Will Fuller, maybe that's a good comp. He said, yeah, he signed the one-year, $10 million year deal last offseason uh, with the Dolphins. Maybe Chark signs for one year, $8 million, one year, $9 million, and says, let me build my value back up. You get him in the building. If, if you really like him, you can extend him if he plays well. Uh, if not, you don't have to do that. But yeah, he's an intriguing guy. Great downfield threat. And he's not like a, I don't think he's a one trick pony. Like I think in a good offense, he can really put up big numbers. I agree with you. Uh, he was, he was really impressive two years ago. Size speed combination is exactly what you look for. Uh, you know, he, he ran what a, a four, three, four or thereabouts yeah. at the combine. Um, so yeah. And, and, uh, to, to years to use your logic, it sometimes, uh, pays off to sign guys from bad situations, right? You know, if, if you're signing, a, a, if you're signing a guy from a, a great front office or a great player development team, you're kind of thinking, all right, why are they letting him go? But right. if you're signing Allen Robinson from, from Jacksonville, all right, it, it just, it's a change of scenery type situation. Yeah, and with the one-year deal, you know, if he has a monster year and leaves and signs a big deal, the comp pick comes into account. Uh, if you're able to extend him, you have more information on that player. So it is appealing. And then the last one, Justin Reed, the safety from the Houston Texans, 25 years old, uh, originally a third-round pick in 2018, started 53 games, played 70% of his snaps at free safety. So I think that's where uh, his his greatest value is, is at free safety. But maybe he can do a little bit of uh, everything. Actually, I'm looking at the guy running underneath him. Jordan Whitehead of the Bucks mm-hmm. might be another guy yes. to keep an eye on. He's someone with a little more versatility and is probably going to be less expensive. But I do think that's probably the safety market you're looking at. I think you want a young guy who can be a part of the team's core, who can do what you want there. So, all right, we'll talk a lot more. And, yeah, go ahead. And that's why Edmonds was also a guy that I had circled there. Um, based on your description, probably more of a uh, strong safety type in the box type. Yeah. And so you have to figure out what type of scheme you were going to run. But in terms of age profile, in terms of, um, you know, pedigree, uh, he was a you know, he was a high draft pick. Uh, he's also someone to watch out for. Okay. We will get to a lot of these guys. We have a lot of time in the months ahead. We're going to take one more break. Then we got to talk Super Bowl prop bets. Zach, I've got about uh, 22 minutes before I have to make sure I get Leela from the bus. So uh, that should be plenty of time. We're going to play that game uh, when we get back. ZB, last thing I forgot to ask you about free agency. Derek Barnett, I believe, was my only eagle on there. Uh, I had him at 46. What did you think about where he was slotted? And were there other eagles? So you thought this guy uh, has a case to be on there. I think someone with with Barnett's talent and age profile, uh, that's appropriate. But if the production hasn't been there consistently in five years, 
and he's it hasn't been for a lack of opportunity. You know, I I look at at some of these other edge rushers in that age profile who've hit the market, whether it's like a, a Zadarius White type, right? In the past, um, they uh, I'm sorry, Zadarius Smith, not Zadarius Smith, White. yeah. yeah. Um, he wasn't a full time starter. You know, right. often oftentimes you you see these guys. Um, uh, it's it's a it's a it's more opportunity. That's not the case with Barnett. So I I think there's gonna be a team that gambles on his talent. But if he hasn't shown it in five years, I'm not sure if the prolific sack production is gonna be there in year six. Yeah, I had a really tough time uh, slotting him because has never had more than six and a half sacks in a season. Uh, had more roughing the passer penalties than sacks last year. And I thought his film was bad last year. I mean, he really, you look at their starting four defensive linemen, he was easily their worst starting defensive mm -hmm. lineman. Now, having said that, def edge rushers, that's a premium position. Guys get paid. You know, Romeo Okwara got a got 12.3 million per year last year, but he was coming off a 10-sack season. And so he didn't yes. have like this long body of work, but he, he was coming off his best season. Um, but then someone like Hassan Reddick last year, and I know he's more of a hybrid guy, he got one year six million from the Panthers. So it's sort of tough to project. Uh, Carl Nassib got 8 million a year from the Raiders. And so I have a hard time seeing Barnett getting under that. You know, I think he'll probably come in between Nassib and Aquara between eight and 12, or he could sign a one year deal and say, I'm young enough. I'm coming off a bad year. Let me sign a one year deal in a scheme. I like, and with a coach, I like maybe surrounded with talented players, uh, put up some better numbers and then maybe hit the market again. Uh, next off season. And then no other Eagles, I would say uh, need to be in there. Steve Nelson was available for every team last year. I thought he was solid this year, but I, yeah. I don't think he's a top 75 free agent. Yeah. I think he'll make the top 150 That'll come out yeah. in a few weeks. All right. Here's the Super Bowl exercise. Bo, I know you're listening. We can say where Bo is, right? I mean, he gives away your personal information all the time. <laughs> Bo is on a beach somewhere in Jamaica uh, listening to this. And so Bo, if you want in on this exercise, you know, you can join, just tell us what your bets are and you can get in on this. If we have any listeners, you know, who, who are in Jamaica, go find Bo, you know, mm -hmm. there with his wife, I'm sure they would like the, uh, like the company, uh, down there. So, uh, here's what we're going to do. Zach and I each have a hypothetical, you know, a, a fictional $1,000 to spend. We can spend them any way we want on Super Bowl bets. They can be uh, something that has minus 800 odds. They can be something that has plus 2,000 odds. It doesn't matter. We can spend it any way we want to, uh, as many bets as we want. If you want to put all 1,000 on one, you can do that. Eh, I might have to do that because we are running up against the clock here a little bit. But uh, And then we're going to see who has more money at the end of the Super Bowl. Loser owes the winner of Pastaficios. And uh, Bo, again, if you want to get in on this, then we can have the two losers by the winner, uh, Pastaficios, two Pastaficios. What's better than that? So uh, I assume Dane is. Uh, I don't know. He's in off-season form. I don't know if he's jonesing to put together some type of table and wants to track this. If he wants to, that would be great. If not, we'll figure out some way uh, to track. Do this you have out. a name for this game, Shield? No, we don't. We don't <laughs> okay. do names. Bo's not here. Yeah. Okay. We'll come up with one. <laughs> Okay. All right. Zach, do you want to start or should I start? Uh, you start. Okay. Uh, I'm going to put the most money on the Bengals to score over 23 and a half points. It's plus 110 are the odds. And I'm going to put $300 
on that. I, I think that they are, you know, they can score in a hurry where even if they're stuck in a rut, three, four drives in a row, they don't do anything. All of a sudden, Jamar Chase can put together, you know, score on a 60 yard touchdown and they're right back in it. I believe in Joe Burrow. Rams defense is good. It's not a juggernaut. And so 23 and a half. I actually, you know, if you're thinking about betting on the Bengals plus four and a half, I almost feel like, you know, you might be better off to go just take that bet. You get better odds plus 110 over 23 and a half. And then if they lose or they don't cover, but they still score over 23 and a half, uh, you still win because uh, I don't know that the Bengals are going to cover if it's like a really low scoring game. I, I don't think they're going to consistently stop the Rams offense. So that's my first one. Bengals score over 23 and a half points plus 110 for $300. So mine here, uh, this was a Lions boost one, so I am uh, um, I'm pumping up Ooh. our partner BetMGM. The Lions boost was Joe Mixon over Cam Akers in rushing yards minus one hundred five. So it got boosted down to minus one hundred five. Uh, so I, I I like that the boost was there because um, it helps the odds. I'm going to put four hundred on this one. Four hundred. Oh, well, baby. 4%. Well, just because I I. I I have some some longer odds ones that you know okay. I, I don't want to put you know so yeah. if if I'm putting if I'm if I'm betting one that's minus 105 yeah I would I would rather put a little more money down just cuz it has a higher probability of occurring yeah, I did this in a hurry off of my article and just wrote down random, okay. you know, because, yeah, you're right. If you were really doing this with consideration, you know, you put lower numbers on the big odds. Yes. I mean, that might be the way to go. But anyway, that's fine. Uh, let's go snake. Why don't you give me your uh, your uh, second one also? Okay, so, and I know this is one that you have as well. Um, Aaron Donald to win the game MVP plus 1,200 uh, are the odds here. So I am going to go... Uh, let's, let's, let's go $50 on that. Oh, oh man. That's exactly what I've got. I've got the okay. same Marissa year. It looks like you're keeping track, uh, over there. I've got the exact same one, Aaron Donald plus 1200, uh, to win MVP defensive player has won and for $50, uh, defensive players won it twice in the last 10 years, but this could really set up for Aaron Donald. I mean, if it's a low scoring game and Aaron Donald is just dominating against that bad Bengals offensive line, and let's say Stafford throws a couple interceptions and you're not going to give him the MVP, uh, Donald is an all-time defensive player already. Uh, this could kind of be his signature moment. So uh, I do like uh, that one as well. So right, we can jump around here uh, a little bit because if we have the same one, we should probably just mention it. Um, so I'm going to go with, my two running back ones here. So this kind of goes off of uh, what you just had. First one, Cam Akers under 64 and a half rushing yards. That's plus 110. I'm putting $100 on that. Uh, actually, I think that's minus 110 here. Yeah, that's minus 110. Sorry, I wrote it down uh, incorrectly. Uh, Cam Akers came back in week 18, had an Achilles injury. In four games, he's rushed 59 times for 154 yards, 2.6 yards per carry, has not topped 55 yards in any of those games, fumbled twice in the divisional round. I mean, are they really going to feed Cam Akers in this game? Yep. I don't think so. And so I've got the under there. And I'm also taking the under for the other running back, Joe Mixon, hmm. under 62 and a half. That one is minus 115. I'm uh, putting $100 on that one as well. Uh, this Rams rush defense is really good. 
The Bengals sometimes operate like they have a good rushing offense. They do not. So Zach Taylor, if you're listening, let's not overdo it with those first and second down runs. Let's put the ball in Joe Burrow's hands. But the Rams just limited the 49ers to 50 rushing yards on 25 attempts. And so uh, I don't see the Bengals having a big rushing game. So I like the under for both those running backs. So I actually have Joe Mixon over 16 and a half carries. Ooh. Okay. Uh, so I, I didn't go yards there. I went carries. I, I, I do think they are going to give the ball to Mixon. Um, they've, they've shown that throughout the season. They've shown that in recent weeks. Um, I, I'm not convinced on the yardage number, but I, I like the, uh, the, the over 16 and a half carries. So I have a hundred on that one and staying with the running theme here. I have Joe Burrow under 11 and a half rushing yards. Mm. Now that's, that's minus 115. So the odds aren't, you know, the odds aren't great in terms of the payout there. Uh, I'm, I'm putting 100 down on that, so I'm not getting 100 back if I hit it. But uh, I like him not having a big running performance. Speedy Rams uh, front there. So some of those plays where he got away from the Chiefs, maybe he doesn't get away from the Rams uh, defensive line. And that's always a tricky one because all it takes is that one, one exactly. 12 yard scramble. And so you could be looking good in the fourth quarter, but all right, it's a good one. Uh, I've got another sort of a long shot here. Cooper cup to score a touchdown and the Bengals to win plus mm. 400. So, you know, you're, you're doing a little Bengals money line, but at the same time, I mean, I can't imagine a game where Cooper Cup doesn't score a touchdown. I guess that's probably a sucker's bet, me saying that. But 20 touchdowns in 20 games, I mean, the guy is a monster. He's unbelievable in the red zone in those short spaces. And so to get that at plus 400, you're okay if he scores a touchdown. Bengals win the game. Uh, you get a little added juice there. So uh, I will go with that one. And uh, my other long shot here is both teams to score 25-plus and Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford to throw for 250 plus at, and that's plus 450 and I'm putting $50 on that. At first I looked at this and I said, it's a great bet. It's absolutely going to hit. And then I did a little research and uh, I think it's only three times in the last 10 Super Bowls, both teams have scored 25 points. So it's not uh, often that that happens, but I do think both quarterbacks can get over 250 plus. You get some nice juice there with the plus 450. So I will go with that one. So I am, I'm, I'm going with some receiving numbers here too. Uh, this is a bit of a long shot. So I'm only, put, um, I, I don't want to say only I'm putting 75 fictional dollars down <laughs> on it here. Uh, Jamar chase having the most receiving yards in the game plus 450. Uh, and I understand Cooper cups, the top receiver in this game, but Jamar chase, because he's a deep threat, right? You, you catch one deep ball in this game. I, I think it's a, it's a chance to boost those, those numbers. So most receiving yards plus 450, I have $75 there. And then uh, Tyler Boyd, who I know has showed up in Shields' list today, I have him over four and a half catches. I and oh. I have that's that's plus one thirty. So you know the 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 uh, the odds are helping there. And then I have a hundred dollars on that, uh, and I'll go, of course a hundred fictional dollars. Uh, Todd Boyd. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Tyler Boyd. I imagine. The Bengals are really going to work the middle of the field. I think that's where the Rams are the weakest in this game. Um, this this needs to be a Tyler Boyd game. Shout out to Fran Duffy on that one. Yeah, you know, I kind of like yours better than the one I wrote in my column because I've got Tyler Boyd over 40 and a half receiving yards here. 
minus 110, uh, $100. But I kind of like your receptions better, you know, than if they throw a little screen or something to him uh, and he doesn't pick up a lot of yards, you still get the uh, receptions there. But I'll stick with the receiving yards, uh, 40 and a half over minus 110. I think the Rams will certainly have their attention on Jamar Chase, double him. And then it comes down to, will T Higgins or Tyler Boyd be able to uh, cash in more? All right. I'll just close it out on my end with my last two here. This one's pretty, you know, these are both pretty much nonsense, but you know, they're fun. That's what the Super Bowl is for. Shortest touchdown over one and a half yards, minus 110, $100. So if there is not a touchdown from the one yard line or closer, then you win that one. I mean, that's going to be really exciting. You know, if there's a if there's a snap from the one yard line, you got a goal line stand, you're going nuts. People think you just like goal line stands, but you actually want a little lettuce uh, on that one. So uh, I will go with that one. And then my last one is also nonsense. No team to record three or more unanswered scores plus 175. That's touchdown, field goal, or safety. Three in a row seems like a lot. You know, I think they're going to go back and forth a little bit in this game. I am putting a hundred dollars on that one. So let's let's go back to the MVP race here. Uh, and I'm going any other position other than quarterback, uh, plus two sixty on that, and uh, and in seventy five dollars. And you know, because this factors in Cooper Cup, this factors in Jamar Chase, this 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 factors in if if. You know, Jalen Ramsey gets two interceptions. Uh, I know the quarterbacks get most of the attention here, but I do think this is a, a year when the non-quarterbacks are getting a lot of love going into this game, especially after the season that Cooper Cup has had, and especially because Aaron Donald is a is a, a huge name. Um, and then my my last one, um, just so we have this covered here, uh, Rams. I I had it minus four. Uh, because actually when the line first came out last week, it was minus four. I hadn't moved. So I'm not going with what's currently on BetMGM. I'm going with what I was actually able to get it at. Um, okay, I'll give and, it to you. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and that's my last hundred dollars on that. I, I don't have strong feeling about this game other than I look at the line of scrimmage and I think the Rams are just much better than the Bengals at the line of scrimmage. I think that will be the difference in the game. Uh, my last question for you, will Ben Simmons be on the Sixers the next time we record a podcast? No, no, oh, I, I, will, I think they will make James it Harden be on the Sixers. Yes. Okay. Wow. I like it. Yes. Awesome. All right. Yes. All right. That was my last question for you. All right. I'll, I'll give my game pick here. Uh, I'm, you know, on paper, I, I would go with the Rams, a huge advantage, both sides of the line of scrimmage. They've been the more complete team. Every metric you look at would would really support the Rams to win this game. I'm going to go back to the uh you know the Eagles Super Bowl and say that sometimes when these franchises that have uh these long droughts and a starving fan base uh and they get there and it's unexpected you know it happens in weird ways in unexpected ways and I'm sort of feeling it with the Bengals, you know, with Joe Burrow, great match with the the city of Cincinnati. They have a defense that will adjust in game to what's happening. Uh, they have a prolific wide receiver in Jamar Chase. And so I feel like something weird's going to happen. Uh, I'm not going to say team of destiny or anything like that, but I do feel like the Bengals can score in a hurry. And so I'm going to take the Bengals not only plus four and a half, but to win the game 27 26. Let's say the Rams have the ball 
driving for the game-winning field goal, 149 on the clock. Trey Hendrickson mm. uh, on a little stunt inside, sack fumble of Matthew Stafford, ices the game for the Bengals. Bengals fans celebrate their first Super Bowl victory in franchise history. So uh, there you go. That's my prediction for the Super Bowl. Now, I will be doing a live room on Friday at noon on The Athletic. If you don't know what that is, uh, you can go on The Athletic app on Friday at noon. You'll see the link. And it's basically just like a call-in show. So for 40 minutes, I will be there. You can call in. You can type in. And uh, we'll talk. I'll answer questions. Don't make me be in there by myself talking to myself. That's very awkward. So please make sure uh, you join me for that. It'll look good with the suits, the higher ups. Uh, you know, maybe the New York Times will let me use their bathroom. If we do good numbers for that, we can talk Super Bowl props, Super Bowl, uh, free agency, coaching hires, Eagles, whatever you want. So noon Eastern on Friday, join me for that. ZB, anything else we need to get to or can I run out to the uh, the bus stop here? Now go pick up your daughter. Look forward to next week with uh, Bo back. Everyone, enjoy the last week of football. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We look forward to Bo's review of this episode for ZB, for Marissa, for Bo, for the New York Times restrooms. I am Shiel Kapadia. I'm not going to get overly sentimental or emotional, so I will just say uh, have a nice weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl, make a little lechuga, and we'll see you next week.